This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for February 21st, 2018. In this episode, we'll discuss security and privacy concerns with Apple's HomePod and other smart speakers and digital assistants as voice recognition devices begin to gain in popularity. Plus, Google's new ad blocker for Chrome, a Unicode text bomb is Apple's latest troublesome bug, and speculation about the iMac Pro's new T2 chip. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. It was only two weeks ago that we talked about ad blocking, and we were talking about the reasons why you might want to block ads, why you might not want to block ads, and the ethics of it. Google has just released new versions of its Chrome browser for the desktop and for Android for now that automatically block intrusive ads. One of the things that I find curious about this is that Google is well known as being a company that makes a lot of its money from advertisements, right? And so Google is making a browser that's restricting certain types of ads, but of course not the kinds of ads that Google properties or Alphabet, its parent company, uh, that those properties might put onto web pages. Right. And Google is saying that they're blocking intrusive ads, but I certainly find some Google ads to be intrusive. Maybe not all. Maybe... Google is attempting to refine the type of ads it serves themselves and that they're trying to make everyone else follow the same rules. The ads that they're saying that they'll block are pop-ups, pre-stitial ads. These are the ones that count down before you can see a web page. Autoplay video ads with sound, large, sticky ads. These are on the desktop. On mobile, ads that cover more than 30% of the page or very large or, 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 or ads that go over the screen, things like that. None of these ads are the kind that anyone would want to see. Right. Now, and now an exception to that pre-roll is they're not going to do that for video platforms like YouTube or, or even um, Facebook has an in-stream video ad, uh, which can contain sound. But, you know, again, Google and, and also Facebook happens to be part of this organization that's kind of coming up with the rules for what they're going to block or not. And so you've got these companies that make the majority of their money, really, Google and Facebook both fall into that category, who are determining what ads are OK for you to have, <laughs> you know, for you to see on your machine. Exactly. I'll link in the show notes to episode 17 where we talked about this. And if you haven't yet tried out an ad blocker, I think we both recommend it. And I would prefer a third-party ad blocker than one made by Google or Facebook or even Apple for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, again, these who do you want to trust? <laughs> do you want to trust the companies that put ads on your machine to tell you what ads are okay? Or would you rather just make that decision for yourself? Fair enough. So another issue that came up this week is interesting. And a few episodes ago, we talked about some malware that could crash messages and potentially crash your iPhone when you received a certain type of a, a link by text message. Now, this new one, and, and I like that they're calling this a text bomb. That's a good term for the category. This new one can crash most Mac and iOS apps with just a single character. And this isn't some random character that someone's made up. This is a Unicode character. Explain what Unicode is first. Right. Well, essentially, Unicode symbols, there, there's, Unicode is a standard for, for symbols, um, special characters, 
that that you can view on your on your device, whether it's Mac, iOS. But the idea is that you you have standard codes that pr will produce the same character no matter what device you're using from whatever manufacturer. Remember, in the back in the day when we wanted to use special characters, we had to use one of those dingbats fonts, <laughs> and these could be things like stars and arrows and circles and other characters. But now a lot of them have been rolled into Unicode, which is a very large range of characters, and it's not only special characters; it's characters from non Latin languages, so Chinese, Arabic, etc. Right, and now there are things like emojis that are part of the Unicode standard and things like that. So, so that's that's a little bit about Unicode. Now, what's what's really amazing to me about this is that it, a single Unicode character, like how, how is it possible that one Unicode character can crash? a Mac or iOS device. Right. How did Apple not test every single character in the Unicode character set by pasting them into documents or sending them by email and messages? How did they not do that? It seems like such a basic test. I mean, you, you know, we uh, sometimes in the security industry, we talk about this process called fuzzing. Fuzzing is a, um, a way to just kind of brute force, try a whole bunch of different things to see if you can get your software to crash. And this is like even so much more basic than that, right? This is like a single character, really? <laughs> How does that happen? And so the reason you want to try to make software crash is if you can do that, you may have an opportunity to access different parts of the operating system that you otherwise wouldn't be able to access. Or as we talked about, cause crashes like like in this particular example. So, so yeah, a, a good software manufacturer is going to use fuzzing and similar technologies to really thoroughly test their software before it's available to the public. And so that's what makes this so shocking is that something that's way more basic than even fuzzing does. And we know that Apple does fuzzing. They do use that technology for improving the security of Safari, for example. And, and then we have something like this where it's just, it, it blows my mind. I, I can't even believe that this is an actual thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Apple has confirmed that they are releasing a fix with the next update to macOS, iOS, tvOS, and watchOS. I think it's already fixed in the latest beta version, so we should see it relatively soon. Right. And while iOS 11.3, for example, is going to have some major new features, it's very likely they're going to push out an update before then because this is a, a serious issue. We may even see an update by the time this show is released. In fact, yeah, that, that's a very common thing. Typically with this kind of thing, and in fact, this again, this just happened, something similar to this just happened recently, not with a single Unicode character, but as we discussed before, it was a uh, certain link that if it had been texted to your device, then it could cause a crash. And Apple did fix that within about a week. Yeah. So in other news, we've learned about a new chip that's in the iMac Pro. Now, the iMac Pro is this $5,000 or more iMac that Apple released recently. There's a lot of hardware in this device. It's different. And one element is a chip called the T2. The T2 chip seems to have very limited use right now. One of the main elements is startup security. There's a startup security utility that displays when you boot into the recovery mode, and it allows you to set secure boot and external boot settings. So the secure boot setting lets you choose from full security, medium security, and no security. With no security, any operating system can start up the computer. With medium, the operating system has to be verifiable, but not necessarily the latest version. And in full security, it has to be the latest and most secure software. And this requires a network connection when the software is installed. 
the external boot options are to allow or disallow booting from an external hard drive. We, we may do that regularly when we're troubleshooting, when we have a problem with a, a Mac and we need to reinstall or, or, or recopy clone data from a backup. These aren't really major security features, but what I found interesting about this, and I'll link to an article on the Intego Mac security blog, is that this computer has a special chip that is responsible for security. And what this is making me think is that this may presage the use of Face ID on a future iMac. Yeah, there, there's definitely, it seems like this chip has a lot of potential that is not currently being tapped. So um, as you say, there's the secure boot related things. There's also some things that, that are integrated with this new chip. Uh, there's... Uh, the system management controller, image signal processor, audio controller, and SSD controller are all things that are tied in with this T2 chip. And so one of the nice things about this chip, um, aside from just security, is that it also allows certain processing to be offloaded. So rather than hammering your Intel Xeon chip in your iMac Pro, some of those tasks are offloaded onto this T2 chip so that your your Intel processor can do more processing of other types of tasks. It's true. If you have an 18-core Intel Xeon processor, you definitely don't want one of those cores being wasted on trivial things. Sure. Yeah, especially if, if you're doing really heavy computing tasks, which you probably uh, are, are going to be doing with if you've got a nice fancy iMac Pro. Yeah, and some people may be rich and they have it just because it looks nicer, but... It's true that it is apparently an extremely powerful Mac, but not for me. Is it for you? No, it's it's probably not something I'm going to be buying in the near future. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Apple's HomePod and how it can affect your security and privacy. Sometimes an offer comes along that you just can't ignore or resist. And here's one from Intego right now. For a limited time and for the first time ever, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 60% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download your free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today, and then use the promo code IntegoPodcast at checkout to save 60%. That's IntegoPodcast to save 60% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. This is a limited-time offer that may never be repeated, so you must act soon. Save 60% on Mac Premium Bundle X9 or Mac Washing Machine Secure X9 or Mac Internet Security X9 using the promo code Intego Podcast at checkout. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today and save 60%. So a little more than a week ago, Apple released the HomePod. Did you get one, Josh? No, I did not. Now, I know you did, though. I did. I did. And I've got a review of it on the Intego Mac Security blog, which I'll link to in the show notes. It's an interesting device. I don't want to go too much into it now. It sounds good with some music. With other music, it doesn't sound great. It has Siri, and Siri doesn't work maybe as much as some people would like. I'm not a big user of Siri personally. But I think what's interesting to discuss here is whether the HomePod is a privacy risk. 
So the way the HomePod works is one person sets it up using their iOS device. This can be an iPhone, an iPad, or an iPod Touch. And whenever that iOS device is on the same Wi-Fi network, then the HomePod can use all of Siri's features that are available for the HomePod, which isn't a lot. For instance, Siri can't access your calendar. There are a number of things it can't do. And part of this is because of the fact that multiple people can be using this device. But let's say you live in an apartment and you've got your HomePod in the living room and you're in the bedroom. Your iPhone is next to you and it's on the same network. Someone who's on the other wall from the living room might be able to say loud enough, hey, Siri, read me my texts. So potentially someone who isn't you, who hasn't set up the device, may be able to access some of your information via Siri. Yeah, and, and this is not something that's actually unique to HomePod because if you have an Amazon Echo, for instance, it's, it's certainly possible for people who have a different voice from you who may not live with you at all to activate your device and, and do things with it. Um, in fact, it's something that's happened in the past with um, advertisements even. There was a, one particular company that uh, <laughs> in their advertisement, they had a, a, hey, Alexa or whatever, Alexa, do this or, you know, or tell me about. And, and they had it essentially read the Wikipedia article for this particular new product that somebody had just edited. And it was a clever marketing thing, you know, but not something that people appreciated very much because their device was being activated by an advertisement, not, not even by a human being in the same room. Well, as a regular podcaster, I know that when recording podcasts, we generally try to not say, hey, AI woman in the Apple device, because people who are listening may have their um, woman in the AI <laughs> Apple device activate and start asking questions. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day, I would love to see someone in a movie do that, right? To see how many people have their <laughs> iPhones that aren't asleep. I, I went to the theater here the other day, and, and I actually... So I, I live just outside of Stratford-upon-Avon, and the Royal Shakespeare Company has a theater here. And the other night, they were filming Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night, which was being broadcast live to cinemas. And so someone came out before and said, you know, this is being filmed, try to ignore the cameras, and be a good, good audience, the kind that turns their iPhones off. And I was thinking, <laughs> one of these days, someone could be up on stage and yell, hey, hmm, <laughs> and you'd hear all these iPhones, you know, with that little plunk sound when, when the, the woman wakes up. Yeah, and, and of course, you can do that with, with Android devices as well. So it's, you know, it's something that uh, everyone really needs to be conscious about. If you've got a device in your pocket or, or one of these devices that you can set up in your home, think about that carefully. Like, you know, who, who can just walk by or who could potentially be an earshot or could there even be advertisements or, or whatever that might set this off if you've got that voice activation enabled? So I think the broader question for me, though, and one of the reasons why I turned Siri off is I don't want a microphone listening to me all the time. I don't have it on on my iPhone. When I activate it, I press and hold the home button like, you know, we did in, in the old days, I don't like the idea of a microphone recording everything that's going on, even though they tell us it's not recording. But I saw that Tom Cruise movie where, you know, something is recording someone and, and you know, they end up with this information to blackmail someone or something like that. I, I know you're more paranoid than I am, Josh, but isn't this something really 
that that it's surprising that people have accepted this into their homes? Yeah, I, I think it is a, a little bit surprising. Um, but you now you might be surprised to know that I actually have one of these always listening devices in my home. <laughs> Wait, you're the guy who covers up the camera on your computer. <laughs> And yet you have allowed one of those listening devices, one of those secret NSA Tom Cruise devices into your home. Yeah. Now, um, I, I probably should have been a little bit more suspicious about this, but somebody actually gave me an Amazon Echo. The, the first gen echo oh, that's how it starts yeah i know of course, of course. well and so a gift right n- n- the, 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 this <laughs> happened in troy remember there was a gift of a horse? the trojan horse yes, yes yes um so you know i i i did take that into consideration that this was you know it, it was a free giveaway of you know certain people you know were eligible for and i was like oh i don't know if i want to accept that but um the you know what i've decided to do is just uh you know i, I hit the mute button whenever it's not we're not actively using it um so at least in theory as long as nobody modified that device so that it's not functioning i suppose then i'm probably okay but uh but yeah no i i'm definitely one of those people who's paranoid more than the average person yes and uh, and and yet i've allowed one of these types of devices to be in in my home uh, it's it's kind of a um you, you have to consider what the real risks are right so with the Amazon Echo, I know that it's possible for law enforcement agencies to contact Amazon and to say, hey, do you have any recordings that, uh, from, from Alexa from the past, you know, uh, you know d- or during this time window? Wait, they keep recordings? They keep track of what a user has said for a limited period of time so that they can improve their products. So, for example, if if you, you know, um, if you said something and you didn't get the results that you wanted, you could report that to, to Amazon and say, oh, you know, this this didn't really work or didn't do what I expected it to. And so it gives them an opportunity to improve the product. But of course, that also means that, you know, potentially law enforcement can can obtain some information uh, that you may not have intended <laughs> to to be provided to anybody other than Amazon. But but nevertheless, you're trusting Amazon to turn off the microphone when you tell it to turn off the microphone. I would trust Apple a little bit more in the sense that we know, and we, we talked about this a few episodes ago, about their differential privacy, the, the way that they anonymize things. But still, if Siri is connected to your account to get you information your messages, your reminders and all that, then it's still connected to your account. It's not anonymous at that point. No, that's absolutely true. And in fact, with really any of these devices, whether it's, you know, Google, Amazon or Apple, you're not anonymously using your device. You have it linked to your account. It's it's your Amazon, your Google or your Apple account. And uh, so, the, yeah, there's definitely not uh, it's not intended to be a device that's used anonymously because they want to have the integration with other technologies that you're using from that same manufacturer. Right. Like, hey, Alexa, order me 100 pounds of cat litter. <laughs> right. Exactly. If, if that- You want to make sure the cat litter gets delivered to the right person. <laughs> right. So with the HomePod, you can turn off Siri and you can activate it by touching and holding the top of the HomePod if you want. So you don't have to leave it on all the time. Of course, that still assumes that you're trusting Apple to have truly turned off Siri until you tap and hold the top of the device. How does it work with Alexa? Yeah, with with the 
Amazon Echo devices, there, there's a physical button on it that you can press to mute it. So if you if you know you're, you don't want anybody to be able to use it for a period of time, then you just walk over, you hit the mute button, and then you've got a, at least in, in my case, um, the model that I have has a, has a red ring on top to let you know from a glance across the room that the microphone is turned off. Right. So the HomePod gives you several options with Siri, and there's a screenshot in the article that I'll link to on the Indigo Mac Security blog. One is to listen for Hey Siri. The next is to touch and hold for Siri. You could turn both of those off or you could leave just one of them on. Another is to turn on a light when Siri is active. So if you were to turn the light off, someone could invoke Siri and you might not even know that Siri's been invoked, right? Like you're talking to your friend and you're saying, hey, seriously, I really wanted to buy that new U2 album, right? And imagine that all of a sudden the iTunes store sends you a receipt because you've just bought the new U2 album mistakenly. So the other options, you can turn sound on or off when using Siri. And by default, it's off because, you know, that sound that it makes on the iPhone when it makes sound. If you're listening to music, you don't want that sound to come in. It, it actually works quite well when you're listening to music and you say, hey, Siri, the sound just sort of fades down a bit. And then you hear the Siri voice and then it fades up when it's finished. And... As I mentioned in my review, I'm not a big user of Siri, but you got to admit it's pretty miraculous that I can have the volume at the maximum, be on the other side of a room 20 feet away and talk about this loud, say, hey, Siri, and the HomePod dims its audio and starts listening. Yeah, I mean, these technologies are are, are really good. Um, now, it, it's really just the um, the privacy and the functionality the, those are the things that really still need some work with all of these products. You, you know, there there needs to be better technology built into all of these to recognize only certain voices, as as we've discussed. That that's something that I think should have been really basic, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of podcasts that uh, w will be really careful about using the A word, you know, Alexa, because they don't want to set off somebody's device accidentally. And and it's like, well, th there's a really simple fix for this, right? And it's not just picking a different wake word, although, you know, allowing you to customize your wake word might be a great idea. That's that's one possibility. I would love to be able to say, hey, Hal, instead of hey, Siri. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there's lots of fun things that you could do that way. But, but it would also be really useful if they let you... Uh, use your device to program a certain sound to your voice. Right. I mean, it's a lot more difficult for somebody to imitate your voice <laughs> than it is to just say an activation word that they happen to know. Well, I don't know. They can record this podcast and they can imitate our voices saying, hey, Siri, and then they, or you've got, hey, Alexa, and you've said it, and then they go to your house. And if it's, if it's just the voice for the, hey, Alexa, that wakes it up, and sort of authenticates it for you, then after that, they can say, hey, order these 100 pounds of cat litter and send them to Josh. I, I think I think the voice recognition technology maybe isn't there, and that's why they don't do it. They don't want this to fail miserably. I, I mean, Siri really does fail a lot when you ask simple things, but if it gets to the point where it doesn't recognize a voice and then loses all functionality, that would be a problem. Right. Of course, if you've got Tom Cruise coming after you, they don't have to have a recording of you saying, hey, Siri or Alexa. Or... There you go. <laughs> They'll have one of these things that sort of get has gotten a sample of your voice from listening to the podcast. That's right. And then can generate words in your exact voice. So all bets are off anyway. Yeah, that technology is out there. It really is. It's not just available for Tom Cruise either. So. No, it's not. And, and maybe this will be a topic for another show. 
there is new photo and video technology that essentially allows people to make videos that look and sound real and are not. And if we think fake news is a problem today, imagine what it's going to be in a few years when you've got videos of people doing things that they never did that look real. You know, you look at a superhero movie and it looks like there's some sort of monster or funny creature doing things and they look pretty real. If you just make it grainy and, and lower resolution like it was shot with an iPhone, it'll look like there really was that guy climbing up the wall of a building. And and imagine what's going to happen in a few years when this technology is, is available to everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely a topic worthy of discussion, I think, for a future episode. So is the HomePod for you? You're going to try one or do you not really care that much? No, probably not. Not for it's me. It's expensive for what yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit expensive. And again, because I have kind of a similar device, um, you know, it does play music and things. So it's not uh, it's not something that's an essential thing for me to have. I do. I am curious about it. And, and I, it's something that I will be watching to see what improvements are made to HomePod in the future, because it does really seem like a very... Uh, uh, potentially useful product. Yeah, and and Apple is clearly going to improve Siri, and they're clearly going to improve its use as a home hub, a home automation hub. It already is. When you set up the HomePod, it installs a tile in the Home app, which is what you can use to control smart home devices. So it's already there to be a sort of a hub for controlling your home in many ways. I think that the problem is that it's a bit expensive to have them in multiple rooms. So with Amazon's device, you've got the one that's, what, $49 for the Echo Dot, and then it goes up to, to a couple hundred. With the HomePod, unless Apple comes out with a tiny little one that you can use in each room to control whatever smart devices you have, it's a bit expensive for that. Right, definitely. Well, you keep your Amazon Echo on, and you stay secure, and I'll keep my HomePod on and keep Siri off. <laughs> All right, stay secure, Kirk. Remember, you can save 60% on Intego software by using the code INTEGOPODCAST at checkout. Hurry, the 60% savings offer won't last long. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. Links to topics and information Kirk and Josh mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where you'll find details on the full line of award-winning Intego security and utility software, intego.com.